Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey everybody, what's up and welcome into Best on the Board at the Athletic presented by BetMGM. Michael Beller here and if you're watching this on YouTube, see a new face to Best on the Board. That is CJ Moore from our college basketball team. That's right. It is time to get college basketball involved on Best on the Board. That's exactly what we're going to do on this episode before getting into uh, the kickoff of week 14 with the Vikings and Steelers later on on Thursday night. CJ, what's going on, man? Good to see you. I'm sure everybody's tuning in for the college basketball coverage, not the NFL, right? <laughs> I mean, isn't that just how the world works, CJ? Right? Isn't that everyone's sport power rankings is college basketball right at the top of the list and then everything else falls beneath it? I mean, it's how my world works, but I think <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I'm, I'm like everybody else. It's probably, you know, with Wisconsin being good, it's probably how, how you're going right now too, right? Ooh, CJ, we have so much, so much Johnny Davis to talk about over these next couple of months. You know that I am going to be beating down your door to talk about that. But the Badgers had a nice win yesterday against Indiana, so we're going to leave that in the rearview mirror and look ahead to the biggest games on the Thursday night college basketball slate. So we got three games for you that we want to talk about here. And CJ, just since you're new to uh, Best on the Board, we're just talking through the games, talking through what you think, what you're expecting. If you like a play as in one where you actually want to gamble a little bit on it, that's great. If you don't, you can obviously take a pass. We're just talking through these games from every possible angle Three nice games that we're looking at on the Thursday night slate. So let's jump right in. The first one, CJ, Texas and Seton Hall. Texas, one and a half point favorites at Seton Hall. 24 hours ago when I was first putting the show together, this was Texas minus two and a half. So it's come down a point over at BetMGM. Big game, cross-conference game. What are you looking at with these two teams getting together tonight, CJ? Yeah, it's 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 tough because I think, I don't know if we have a, a great feel for either team. Like, can Texas has played a cream puff schedule. They've played one real game uh, that was at Gonzaga. Looked awful. Like defense was really bad. Just it was it was a non-game from the start. So it's 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 you know and they've got a ton of transfers in and the expectations were really high. So it's hard to get a great read on Texas. I thought they were a little overrated coming into the year. And then Seton Hall, I think, has probably surpassed expectations so far. But the big win for them, for the Pirates, is, has been Michigan. And it turns out Michigan isn't quite as good as we all thought. So um, I think because it's a like with Texas being playing the schedule that's played and me not having a great feel for what the Longhorns are yet, like this is probably a stay away for me. Mm-hmm. But if if you're if you're gonna make me make a pick, and you you said you weren't, but I will already, you know, because I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not going to dodge anything. Uh, Seton Hall is really good at attacking and finishing around the basket. And Texas lacks a good rim protector. I think when Chris Beard has his best defenses, when that no middle defense is really, really dangerous, is when he has a Tariq Owens type dude 
patrolling behind all those dudes taking charges. And he doesn't have that this year. Uh, Gonzaga kind of exposed that. I think that's a good matchup for Seton Hall as far as when Seton Hall's on offense. So I'm going to uh, I'm gonna take the underdog at home, and uh, I'll go Pirates. Yeah, that Michigan win you referenced, a win in Michigan, 67-65 for Seton Hall. And they come back, what, six days, a week later, and uh, nearly knock off Ohio State on a neutral floor too. So I think if you're just sizing up the relative performance to date – I mean, Seton Hall wins this. Uh, it's sort of by default, as you said, a cream puff schedule that Texas has played and the one real game that they've played this season. A, a pretty non-competitive performance for them against Gonzaga, which, you know, not the most shameful thing in the world. There's going to be more than a few good teams who have relatively non-competitive performances against Gonzaga this season. That's just sort of, sort of how it's going to work when you go up against one of the national championship favorites. But I think I'm with you on this one. I like, the, I like what we've seen from Seton Hall in terms of uh, what they can do pace wise and I think that they can make Texas uncomfortable with that pace based on what you said based on the fact that this isn't quite the right personnel for the Chris Beard defense to really reach up to its elite level and so I think you combine that with what Seton Hall does pace wise and uh, we get on the same page here I think Seton Hall uh, getting the one and a half at home maybe makes you a little bit concerned I like to see that it's come down though from the two and a half that it was sitting at uh, just 24 hours ago so that's it one for one CJ uh, on being on the same page you and me both like Seton Hall here in this spot let's get on to a big 10 game Purdue 12 and a half point favorites at Rutgers this one too has moved in the last 24 hours this was Purdue minus 11 and a half uh, just 24 hours ago and you know, Purdue's coming off that game, CJ, against Iowa, where yeah, they were they were up, what, like 19 with 11, 12 minutes left. It seemed like it was just going to be another uh, Boilermaker steamroller performance in the second half and that this was going to be a 25 or 30-point win. Iowa, a really impressive performance to come back and make that really a, a big-time game, and uh, Purdue ends up holding on. But this is the first time we've seen them since then. How do you expect them to respond in this spot on the road? Well, you know, Purdue wins that game by seven. And it's the worst Purdue's played all year. <laughs> like, yes. and, and I was not bad. And, and you know, we'll talk about them in a minute. And uh, that, you know, obviously, I, I think they were with they were without uh, Keegan Murray that night, right? So, yep. Yep. Um, you know, that's worth noting. But like, that was Purdue's worst performance. They've had a week to for Matt Painter to probably be like, "Yeah, we won, guys," but come on, like we weren't we weren't great. Um, and then, you know. Rutgers is coming off just an awful performance against Illinois where the line I just steamrolled them. And I think Purdue is a better version of Illinois, right? Like yeah. built around a, a center. Purdue's got two of them, but, but built around going inside and spreading the floor with three-point shooters. And Purdue's a better version of that. And Rutgers allows a ton of three-point attempts. That's really, really dangerous against the Boilers. Um Purdue has been taking care of business against the spread, six and two against the spread. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wrote about Purdue recently, a, a, you know, a little film room study. I've watched every possession they've played this year. I am super, super impressed with Matt Painter's team. They run beautiful offense. Um, I like them to cover here, and and uh, you know, the, the obviously you you maybe prefer a little bit smaller line, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I think Purdue will be able to, to cover. Yeah, I mean, Purdue's going to be living in this range for the entire season. If you're going to be betting Purdue to cover, you're going to have to get 
pretty comfortable with these sorts of spreads. I mean, just looking up and down their um, their their schedule over on Ken Palm, which obviously does a very good job of uh, projecting scores. Just as an example, this is a 12 and a half point spread. Ken Palm's got uh, Purdue by 12 later today. Uh, the next time you're going to see Purdue with less than a double digit spread is Tuesday, January 11th at Michigan. And that's uh, obviously a game where they're not going to be favored by double digits. And so some some crazy would have to, have to happen between now and then. But that just give you an idea of what you're going to be getting into bed with whenever you're betting on Purdue this year. Uh, for my money, the best team in the country. And I'm with you. I think that you know it's it's sort of strange to call uh, this a rebound sort of game after what they did against Iowa, but maybe it's you know rebounding from what was their ugliest stretch of the season, an ugly eight-minute stretch that we're just not going to see from this team all that often. And so I like them to uh, pretty much make this a no contest against Rutgers right from the get-go for most of the reasons that you said. One more game One more that we've game got, that we on got. Our by, by the way, Michael, yeah. before we move on, yeah. when that Michigan yeah. number hits the board, Get it as soon as you can before it like <laughs> increases. Like that's that's one game I'd be all over. Yeah, there you go. Take all that. Take all that uh, holiday money. Take all that New Year's money and just uh, and get on Purdue when uh, when it first posts before uh, things start to grow there. How about Iowa and Iowa State? This is another line that has grown a little bit in Iowa's favor. This was three and a half twenty four hours ago. Now sitting at four and a half for the Hawkeyes. Keegan Murray back for this team and uh, looking at uh, a, a little bit of a rivalry game on the road. I'm not sure exactly personally, CJ, what to make quite yet of this Iowa team. Iowa State going into this one undefeated. They've got to win over Xavier. They've got to win over Memphis. They've got to win over Creighton. Maybe it's not quite those uh, level of uh, programs that we say when we just look at those name brands, but it's certainly been an impressive start to the season, regardless of exactly where those opponents are. Iowa's lost a couple of straight, but no shame in those losses. As we said, the comeback against Purdue to make that a game without Keegan Murray, and then they lose by four to Illinois. Yeah, it's at home, but Illinois, a very good team that seems to be finding itself here over the last week, 10 days or so. So looking at this one, Iowa and Iowa State, how do you size it up? Yeah, it's, it's this is an interesting game. I mean, this would be really fun. I wish I was going to it. Um both of these teams, I think, are better than expected. You know, obviously Iowa State is, but I think even Iowa is. Um, I don't think the Ken Palms of the world, which a lot of these lines are based off of, have quite adjusted to how good Iowa State is. And Hilton is going to be rocking, and like that is such a tough place to play when that play. I mean, that place is sometimes rocking even when Iowa State's not good. But the <laughs> fact that Iowa State is off to this great start, like. That, that's going to be one of the best environments you'll see all year. Now, the good news for Iowa is I think that they just played in a great environment, like we talked about mm-hmm. at Purdue. And so maybe they'll be, you know, the Hawkeyes will be a little bit more ready for that. Um, I, I, I kind of go back and forth on this. Like I'm tempted to go Iowa State because of that, the, the size of that line and, the, you know, what I know about yep. Hilton Coliseum. Like I, I almost feel like it'll be a, a really close game. Um, I think the good news – or, or here, here's the thing, like the Cyclones' greatest strength so far has been turning teams over. Um, probably inflated a little bit by playing Memphis because, man, those guys throw it all over the place. But, um, I, like I said, I wish this number was smaller, but I say big game for Keegan Murray, and Iowa wins and just barely covers. And uh, I can't wait. If, if Iowa does win at Hilton in Jordan Bohannon's 27th year in college basketball <laughs> – 
I can't wait to see what he does at the end of this. Because I think last time he like left his shoes on the court, right? Yeah. Yes. Ed, right? It's like it's like who's played the most games at Iowa State over the last uh, decade? It's like Monty Morris, Matt Thomas, and then Jordan Bohannon. <laughs> that's the, the 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 three games played leaders uh, at Ames over the last decade or so, and it's just absolutely ridiculous that he's getting another game there. I kind of like Iowa State to be honest. Be honest. I, just, yeah, I, I can feel. I I don't feel strongly yeah. about the Iowa play. Um, I I think Iowa State to lose and cover might even be a decent mm-hmm. thing, but uh, yeah, I'm 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 not strong on Iowa, but I, I just feel like at some point Iowa State is going to lose a game, right? I would agree with that. I would agree with that. They're going to lose eventually. They're going to lose eventually. (laughs) And um, I I think they're good, but I don't know that they're quite as good as you would if you just look at the resume. Because, like, the the Xavier win's probably the best win, but I know Xavier Mm -hmm. had some dudes out that game. Um, And then, like, Memphis isn't that good. Obviously, we've seen – and uh, what's their what's their third when they're oh Creighton. Creighton. I think Creighton's fine yeah. this year. I don't think Creighton's yeah. anything special. So um, we'll 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 see that. I, I but yeah, I don't. That's that's one I'd probably stay away from. But but you're are you hard on the Cyclones? I just like the four and a half with the way that they've played this season, to be honest. And I do think that they can slow Iowa down a little bit. And it's going to be rocking in there, as you said. And sure, Iowa's just dealt with that in Purdue, but. That's a hard place to go into and win, and it would be rocking no matter what when these two teams get together. But just look at the home games that Iowa State has played. Kennesaw State, Oregon State, Alabama State, Grambling State, and Arkansas Pine Bluff. So now they get like, not only do they get a real opponent to watch their team play against, but they get the in-state rival. And so I just think that that atmosphere is going to be uh, tough to deal with, especially if they get off to... Uh, to a uh, something of a slow start, and we're definitely going to have to uh, have the uh, the Franometer on watch tonight because that could uh, that could definitely be set to explode uh, in this game between Iowa and Iowa State. Uh, but that's going to wrap things up, CJ, for us here talking college basketball for the first time on Best on the Board. This is going to be a fixture the rest of the season, so be sure to be with us talking college hoops. CJ Moore, Brian Bennett, we're going to have the whole crew on to talk about this with us. CJ, thanks so much for being with us on Best on the Board. Always appreciate it, man. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, NFL Week 14 beginning tonight, Vikings and Steelers, and we've got Andrew DeWitt on with us to talk about that game. DeWitt, what's going on, man? Hey, how's it going? Uh, crazy Monday Night Football game, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, how about that? Coming off a win for you, coming off a loss for me. I will say that you know that was a pick we made uh, uh, literally a week in advance, Monday to Monday. Uh, there was I was not touching Buffalo with anything. <laughs> When we were actually sitting, if only we could forecast the weather accurately a week in advance, because that was just, I actually can't wait to it to uh, bet Buffalo the next time those two teams play. I already can't wait for it. I think that's a good choice. I mean, it just seems like that's going to be, that's going to be the right way to go in that game because Buffalo is going to be fired up. I mean, they're going to be, their, their coaches were just like angry. Like he just, yeah. when he's like, 
oh, don't give credit to Bill Belichick for this win. It's like, okay, we get it. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Got it, Sean. Got to give him a little bit of credit. He just beat you uh, throwing the ball three times in 2021. I'm going to give him tiny bit just a tiny bit of credit Sean don't worry about it but you still got a good team actually kind of like you this week against the Buccaneers but that's for tomorrow's show for tonight's show we're just going to look at the Thursday night game Vikings minus three against the Steelers this game's in Minnesota 43 is the total on it so let's talk about that first let's talk about uh the sides and the total then we can talk about some props here either side of this that you like to wit uh for uh for, for playing it tonight yeah, I was just, uh, while you were talking to CJ, I was looking at BetMGM, and it looks like the Lions moved to three and a half, but shaded okay. towards the Vikings. So you got to bet 120 mm-hmm. if you, or bet 120 if you want the three and a half from the Steelers side. Um, you know, I like, as we talked about on our Monday podcast, I still like the Steelers plus three and a half. I don't really mm-hmm. want to touch it if it gets to three um, for obvious reasons. I want to be on the right side of the key number. Um, the over under, it's this started open at like 45 um 40 it was 45 now it's down to 43 it keeps trending down mm-hmm. all week but all the money's coming on the over because they always do but we're seeing this trend like in the nfl that numbers open and then they fall by a point point and a half during the week yeah. only like two or three games this week have actually increased uh since they were released on sunday afternoon so you know i'm i'm kind of leaning towards the under here and i'm kind of leaning towards the steelers at plus three and a half if i was betting straight up i'd probably take the vikings i think they're the better football team but man, this team loves to find ways to lose. So <laughs> they just scare the heck out of me. But I guess if you're making me make a pick, I'll go Steelers plus three and a half, and then probably would lean towards the under. But all the value's gone on that because it's already moved to point and a half, two points already this week. And for all those reasons, like I'm, I'm staying away from from the sides in the total. Uh, there are some props in this game that I like, but the sides are. I don't know. Like I, I like again. I lean Steelers three and a half for sure, but like I don't trust that team at all. I don't trust Ben Roethlisberger for a second. It's been he's been fine, um, but that's just it's hard to get on board with the with that team with the way that they've been so up and down this season. It's very hard to trust the Vikings to cover this sort of line uh, when they've been one of the more Jekyll and Hyde teams this year. I mean, you just go look at their results this season. A win at the Chargers. They beat the Packers. They hung tough with the Cardinals, lost that game by a point, and then they play two two-point games against the Lions with one being a win and one being a loss. And they go to overtime with the Ravens. I mean, this team is just all over the place. It seems that regardless of who their opponent is, they're going to play to that level of competition. And so that scares me when you're talking about covering three or three and a half. Um, and so that's I just, I don't like the sides. I don't like the total either. As you said, the value is now out of the, uh, the total if you want to go under. And so that's my lean. I just can't do it. I can't really do it. And there still is so much juice on both sides of this game in terms of who they have offensively that the over is in play until it's not in play. Yeah, like the the over is not, the under is not safe until you are comfortably pacing for it, like halfway through the third quarter, because Justin Jefferson can pop a big one, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, these guys can pop big plays. Maybe Dalvin Cook's back, but it's whether him or Alexander Madison, they can both do it too. Najee Harris can do it too. There's so much offensive firepower, even if the Steelers, especially, and the Vikings maybe won't play to it without Adam Thielen, that. It makes me feel uh, uncomfortable about saying under 43, which really isn't that high of a total. Yeah, that's – I mean, when you're, you're kind of talking through those trends right there, that's why one of the props I'm, I was kind of looking at when we were talking about this game earlier was, you know, both kickers' props are are set at six and a half points. Yes. And I – like Greg Joseph, Chris Broswell, this game is indoors, so let's just throw that out there because that's Steelers, you know, kicking outdoors and Steelers. Yeah, Heinz Field is not a good <laughs> kicker spot. but No, it's not. 
Both these kickers are pretty good. They're both experienced. I think the Vikings finally have a good kicker they can actually depend on. It's indoors. Six and a half points. Kind of seems like it's the right overplay on both of them. Um, you know, just kind of looking at the props, that was one that stood out to me immediately, even though it's at the way bottom of the page and no one ever probably bets the kicker <laughs> props. But, I mean, I see this game like the Steelers like stalling out when they get inside the red zone. Mm-hmm. I see the Vikings stalling yeah. out. I see that they have plays in between the 20s. They get between the 20s and then they kind of – Stall out in the red zone. That's kind of where I'm thinking with this prop. So I actually, I, I really like the the Greg Joseph one, to be honest, because of the engine that Adam Thielen is for the Vikings in the red zone. I mean, Adam Thielen is been, you know, just as effective, if not more effective of a red zone player for the Vikings than Dalvin Cook has been the last couple of years. And he sort of defines everything they do, especially like inside of the 10 yard line. And so you take him off the field and... Justin Jefferson is not only the best receiver on this team, but he's one of the two or three best receivers in the league. There's no question about that. But he hasn't really been a go-to guy in the red zone. And this is something I talked about with Arif Hassan, who covers the Vikings for us uh, earlier on the week um, on our uh, Athletic Fantasy Football podcast. And he said, you know, this guy who's watched the Vikings up close and personal for years now, obviously Justin Jefferson's whole career. And he said, you know, Justin Jefferson is unbelievable at everything except for in the red zone, where he's just sort of an average receiver. And that's why Adam Phelan has been this touchdown monster over the last couple of seasons, because he is so clearly the Vikings go-to guy once they get in near the goal line. And so all of that is to say that I think this Vikings team without Adam Thielen has a much better chance of stalling out in the red zone than they typically do with as much offensive firepower as they have. So I really like the Joseph one. And then I'm going to be a little bit of a square uh, on this last one to wit. Like Justin Jefferson's receiving yardage prop is at 92 and a half. How does he go? Like, what's the what's the pathway for him to be under ninety two and a half yards in this game? I think it, it, the pathway is like that. This is just no offense, and it ends up being like a thirteen to ten final because he has just been a target monster even before the Adam Thielen injury. And just look at what he's done over the last few games. Just three monster performances. And the one that I'm not including in that was still a game where he got over 80 yards. Uh, He's putting up numbers that Randy Moss has never put up in a Vikings uniform. Whenever you're putting yourself alongside or above Randy Moss, Minnesota Vikings statistics, you're doing something right. I think Justin Jefferson, for my money, right there with uh, right there with Devontae Adams, top two receivers in the league, Cooper Cup as well. I think they have set themselves apart. And Justin Jefferson just does everything so well. Kirk Cousins is going to have no choice but to throw him the ball 15 times today. I really don't care how much attention is paid to him by the Steelers' DBs. I want to get in on Justin Jefferson going over that 92.5 yards. It's minus 115 on BetMGM. It was minus 110 at the same mark uh, 24 hours ago. Uh, so you do have to pay a little bit more juice, but I feel totally fine with that. Yeah, and we should just throw out Joe Hayden's out with a foot injury. So yep. that's, you know, that's a key. Anytime your top DB is out, I mean, Joe Hayden is definitely not in the or top corner, but he's not in, in the prime of his career anymore. So I think that should always be mm-hmm. noted because you're moving down the depth chart. So, I mean, they could double bracket Jefferson just because they think that, you know, they're going to say, the Steelers just say, hey, throw it to Conklin because that's yeah. all you have. And he just with KJ Osborne. Yeah, KJ Osborne, throw it to KJ Osborne, throw it to Conklin, but. You know, and if you want to Madison or Cook, whoever, you know, ends up taking the load or probably splitting the carries tonight, it sounds yeah. like, then what a you know, we'll situation. let you beat them. But don't we're not going to let Jeff, Jefferson get deep on us. So maybe that's what the Steelers are going to do. They're pretty good. They're a smart football team. So I could see them ha- that happening. But, you know, Jefferson, his, his catch prop is at seven and a half. So the yardage is like obviously there and he has no problems getting average depth of target. So. 
Yeah. The catch prop, the seven and a half is uh, is plus 105 for the right. over, minus 140 for the under. So you could get a little bit of leverage there by going with the over if you think that, which I do. I mean, actually, God, that's a that's not a bad one to wit because, I mean, like again, like in what world just, just does Justin Jefferson not get 12 or 13 targets tonight? Like it ha- the only way that happens is if, is, if, is if this is a minimal possession sort of game. And it moves fast, and it ends up being like thirteen to ten. And you know, it's like like what um, God, who it was the Broncos, right? Who had that like quarter long possession last week? Last week, like that's what something like that has to happen for him to not rack up the targets. And so it would have to be a very inaccurate or frustrating night for for Justin Jefferson to for him to not get over these numbers. I really like these props for for him. Um, Nothing else jumps out at me, to be honest, with uh, with the props. Uh, the, like, it's hard to trust Ben Roethlisberger to do anything. I guess Deontay Johnson is like the next most trustworthy player for me. But with what we've seen from Roethlisberger and his shaky play, I have trouble tying myself to yardage numbers for his receivers. The Vikings are to- the Vikings backs obviously totally off the board. We have no idea how that situation is going to go. If somehow Dalvin Cook is ruled out in this game, then maybe we could talk Alexander Madison. You and I are doing this at 9.30 in the morning central time. We don't know as we're talking about it. Assuming both guys play, which looks like it's going to be the case, you can't touch it because you have no idea how it's going to go. Does Cook get re-injured in game? Like There is just no way to know how we can treat these Vikings backs going into this one. you got Najee Harris sitting at 71.5 rushing yards for his prop and um i guess again i would lean over but it's not one where i have a strong feeling i just there's there's as much offensive firepower as there is on both sides the only individual player who has my utmost trust in it is justin jefferson yeah i i can't disagree with that any of that analysis i think um yeah Najee harris over 18 and a half rushing attempts might be a good one just because i could see the steelers if they get a lead they're just gonna lean on the rushing game and try sure. and run the ball so but that's just kind of who they are as an identity, and you know, ben, Big Ben isn't one to go throw it around the yard anymore yeah. like he used to. So. <laughs> and if you play, if you're gonna if you're tempted to play Najee Harris over 18 and a half rushing attempts at minus 120 on the idea that game script could lead him there, then why wouldn't you just play Steelers plus three and a half, right? Yeah. I mean, that just that no. feels like this like the the wiser gambling play of what like, what is basically the same logic behind the bets. And so that's why it's I don't know, man. It's it's a Justin Jefferson and Greg Joseph sort of night for me. Yeah, I like the, I like the great Joseph over six and a yeah. half. I think that's what I'm gonna. I'll just make that my best bet for today and just go with that one. <laughs> Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Nothing says Thursday night football quite like betting on kicker points. I think that's really the perfect way to do it. We can do that. Pair it up with uh, Iowa State and really have ourselves a fun Midwestern kind of gambling night here on this Thursday, December 9th. That's gonna do it for this episode of Best on the Board for CJ Moore and College Basketball. Now in the Best on the Board feed and Andrew DeWitt talking NFL with us. I am Michael Beller. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Best on the Board. Good luck tonight if you're making any plays. As always, happy betting. Talk to you soon.